Can I get a witness from out yonder? I love him. That's all I want to
I believe in that, don't you? Some of you got that look on your face. What are they talking about? Just what God's able to do. See, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Listen, Shane sings this song. 
Uh, boy, it's a great song. Now I'm found. Thank God I ain't lost no more. Thank you. saved. Amen. Good to see everyone. Thank the Lord for his blessings. And good to see some folks we haven't seen in a while. And thank you for coming tonight. Thank all the churches for 
for uh, not having your service at your service and coming to this service at our service. Did that come out right? I hope it did right. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, I, I, I believe, now, uh, I'm just an old hillbilly from Kentucky, but I believe fellowship means more than one feller in the ship. They, they, too many folk wanting it. If it ain't about them, they ain't doing it. They ain't helping. Uh, that, that irks me. I just don't like that. But uh, like I say, I got a lot of bones that ache, but I ain't got a jealous bone in my body. I'm telling you, I, I asked we eat lunch today. I said, Preacher Mike, what are you preaching on tonight? <laughs> he said, I ain't. You are. Oh, okay. He is the oldest. <laughs> So you gotta respect your elders. <laughs> uh, bless you. So we we have a wonderful time. Uh, uh, it's just good to be saved. John chapter five. John chapter five. Brother Mike started last night, and uh, <clears throat> we really uh, we talked yesterday morning, and we just prayed. And I guess it's two or three o'clock. In the afternoon, he, he called me and he said, I feel like I ought to preach. I said, praise the Lord. And then when he got up and his first point, I'd been studying that morning just in case. You know, you, you always ought to be ready. Right. And uh, we've been known to tag team preach. And uh, that mean, you know all what that means, don't you? We used to do that when I when I was younger uh, in Kentucky. They done that all the time. You always had some preacher open up, and then the preacher would come and preach. But they ain't nobody knows how to open up anymore. <laughs> when when they ask you to open up, that don't mean twenty five minutes. That means take about two or three or four minutes and just get it good and hot and turn him loose. Ain't nobody gonna do that no more, eh? You know, say what you want to. I, I've I've seen it all. I've come full circles. Old fellow up home said, "I've been around the teacup far enough. I've found the handle." <laughs> it's different. But uh, he um, first point was the first point that I'll use tonight too. That's just God, ain't it? He didn't he didn't tell me what he was preaching on. I ain't told him what I was preaching on. And, uh, I did try a little bit out of it on Pastor Todd today, see if it was any good, and he just kept driving, so we'll see if it works in tonight, amen? We've had a wonderful time. John, my dad said, you got to quit that. Well, you see, folks, the devil don't want you to smile. He don't want you to enjoy yourself, especially in church. Now, I, I know there's a line, and trust me, I, I, I'm not got where I am by being foolish. But uh, I believe some. If you had to stand up here sometimes and look at what we got to yeah. look at, you'd want somebody yeah. to grin too. As my buddy Mike would say, "Show your teeth, Amen. <laughs> I better hush right there. John chapter five. I'm going to read more than I normally read. Uh, and what do you call that? Expository preaching. Well, I learned that word. And uh, I, I use it every now and then. Sometimes you preach off the cuff. Sometimes you preach by letter. Just open up and let her fly. My best sermons has just been me in the car and the Lord by myself. I'm satisfied of that. But this is a story of a man 
that for 38 years has been sitting, laying, at the best leaning in the hospital. Let's read. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. Bethesda means the house of mercy. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at certain season into the pool and troubled the water, And whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Boy, wouldn't you like to have a pool like that? And, And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. Now, it doesn't tell us exactly what his problem is. He could have all of these that's just been listed. But we know he's been there for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been there now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? I've read this, Brother James Childers, who knows how many times. And I looked at this today and studied on it, and I gleaned from other things, everything I can. And I, I'd like to, if you need a text tonight, and for CD purposes and all this other purposes, I'd li- I like to title this message tonight, It's Never Too Late Amen. for a Miracle. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It's never yeah. too yeah. late. Yeah. For a minute. Now, now, as you look at this, it's a feast day. But Jesus is at the hospital instead of where the celebration is going on. He done that a lot. Now, we must note also, this is the first of seven miracles that he will do on the Sabbath. Let me just say it in religious of that day lingo. Not cool. Not kosher. Not allowed. Forbidden. (laughs) But when you've got favor, you don't have to worry about anything else. Now, now, what do you mean it's never too late for him? He waited. There it is. He waited. Verse 3, look, says this. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, the blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the... Now, let's just look at that just for a minute. Instead of the house of mercy, after 38 years, it probably seems like the house of misery. 
I mean, for 38 years, when that angel would come down to the pool and stir the water, he's wanting to get in. He wants to be healed. And 38 long years, one after another, has beat him there. And maybe after 38 years, he begins to lose a little hope that he is ever going to get to be healed. And as I thought about that, you look at him and he's there and Jesus comes by. Now, not only has he waited, and as I looked at that, there's five different types of people there. The important that, that, that they have no power. The blind, of course, they can't see. The halt, they can't walk. The withered, that means their hands are paralyzed. And then those that were waiting. This man must have even maybe been worse off than those four that has been listed. And as he comes by, you just imagine now, look at his company around him. Now they ain't there because they want to be there. They're there because they have a very important need. And they're waiting and hoping and wanting to be healed. And Jesus comes by. And today it just struck me a little little bit different than I've ever thought. He said, wilt thou be made whole? It almost sounds like a question. I mean, what are you... What? (laughs) Wilt thou be made whole? Now, it would have been a cruel question to have asked if there hadn't have been a possibility for a cure. (laughs) But also, as we looked at that, not only is he waited, but he walks. What do you mean by He says, wilt thou be made whole? He's meaning a cure is possible. In other words, he's looking into his heart. He's probing past that fleshly thing that he's dealing with. And he says, I want to want, I want to know this. Do you really have the will to do what it takes to receive your healing? What do you mean by that? Well, he begins to say, well, there's no man to help me. He'd been looking to the crowd. But now, he was staring face to face with the Christ. Write this down in your books or in your hard drive up here. Don't look at the crowd. Just look at the Christ. Doesn't matter what anybody else around you does. Doesn't matter what religion does. Doesn't matter what society does. Keep your eyes on Christ. You dibble dabble in the sinful things of the world. You listen to me, young people. You listen to me, mom and dad. You listen to me, grandpa and grandma. You dibble dabble in the sinful things of the world. You're going to get burned. Run with the crowd and soon as you're the out crowd, there won't be no crowd. You'll be left alone. I tell you who you'll be hunting for. You'll be hunting for the Christ. Three things he had to do. Three things Jesus told him to do. Jesus didn't look at him, Brother Mike, and say, Okay, buddy, I'm going to put you in the pool. He didn't need no pool. Come on. 
Because he has the power. He has the potential. It's possible. You, you, you know, bless God. It's kind of like when Elijah asked Elisha, what would you have for me to give unto you before I leave? He said, a double portion of thy spirit. He said, boy, you've asked for a hard thing. But he said, it ain't possible. It's possible to have... Hey, this man, though, had to exercise his faith. He had to be obedient to, to what the Christ told him to do. What's the three things he told him to do? Number one, he said, rise. Number two, take up your bed. Number three, and walk. Obedience. Had he not wanted, had he not had the will, he would have laid there and died at that pool because he could have never got in. But he exercised his faith and he got up and he picked up and he walked up. Bless God, carrying his bed. Oh, hallelujah. Not only did he wait, but he walked. It's never too late for a miracle. I don't know how long you've been wanting what you need. I don't know how long you've been praying for that way where person. But can I tell you don't give up. Don't give in. Don't give out. It's never too late for a He witnessed. Verse 15. Now, now look at this. I thought about this today. You would have thought that everybody would have been shouting happy over this boy being healed. But they weren't. The religious folk of that day seen him come walking out of the hospital carrying his bed with him. He said, oh no, it's not lawful for you to do this. He didn't argue the law. He just pointed to Christ. If you try to justify yourself by the law, the Bible says you've fallen from grace. No man can keep the law in the whole to its letter. If you're guilty of the least, you're guilty of the whole. Now don't get me wrong. That's not saying you can go out here and live like the devil, act like the devil, do like the devil, and still be saved. What's that saying is, for by grace are you saved through faith. Nothing you've done but what he done. Woo! Hallelujah. They weren't happy. They, you, let me tell you something. Go ahead, I, I go a lot of churches, a lot of different organizations. I can't hardly say the word denomination. There's so many folk going to be in hell because of them things. What are you talking about? Bless God, just what I said. One old fellow told me one time a while back, it's been a few years ago now, he said, well, son, you're so naive, you think I'm free will Baptist, only a bunch going to heaven. I said, let me tell you this, buddy, I'm more naive than that. I'm pretty sure a bunch of them ain't going. Yeah. Hey! 
today. I still with me? It ain't what church you listen. They can baptize you in every hole in this county till the minors know your last name. They can drag you through every baptistry, put your name on every roll there is. You'd be as lost as a hillbilly in New York City. Hey, what are you saying, preacher? You must be born again. You must believe the report. You must be obedient. You must exercise your faith. There's three things you'll do. Admit your loss. Believe that He's the Christ. And confess your sins. Or you'll die and go to hell. But when this feller got healed, he went to witness it. He wasn't arguing them people. But had he wanted to argue or converse, that's a kinder word. They say, it's not lawful for you to do what you're doing. Well, bless God, your law ain't helped me in 38 years. Your religious group, your cemetery or seminaries... And all you colleges, don't get me wrong, I ain't got nothing against them. I've been, and I'm studying even now. But I'm telling you, buddy, what we don't need is more pamphlets and more programs. We just need the power of God. One fellow told me one time, he said, you don't have to holler so loud. God's not deaf. In the place I was at, I said, he may not be, but he's a long way from here. I smell flesh burning. Go to that dead church if you want to. Get there at 11 o'clock sharp. Leave at 12 o'clock dull. Thank you, done God of favor. This is, my, this is my bunch. You just better be glad I ain't these boys' size. Hoppy and Hoppy Jr. there. They'd be Hoppy 3. Larry, Curly, and Moe, but they ain't no Moe if I got to do that. Every now and then, though, it gets all over me. Here's, here's what I, I... I love it when people say things, don't you? You know, my dad, he's not, he'll be 91 or 2, and he, he said, now, son, he said, it ain't bad being ignorant. He said, what's bad is when you prove it. Huh? Am I right? I've seen a bunch of proving in my day, ain't you? I've actually done it a time or two. Say amen. I was preaching in a meeting this year. And son, I mean, Brother Mitch, I got three sheets in the Holy Ghost. Son, it was it was on. I mean, they was throwing babies and hymn books and shouting and praising. And I'm, I mean in the preaching. Something got a hold of me, and I done made a lap or two around the building. And when I come back around that building from somewhere out of nowhere, I climbed up on the back edge of the pew and went to preaching, standing on the back edge of the pew. They put it on Facebook. I wish they'd have got my approval. Because I've, you know, you'd think that'd be all right, but I've had. What did you call it last night? Talked about. <laughs> Criticized. <laughs> a preacher across that town, on the other side of that town, saw that. 
He gets up on Sunday morning to all 20 of his people. There's 275 there that night. And matter of fact, it was a Wednesday night and 15 of his 20 came there that night to hear me instead of go to that church. So to leave us to say, I don't think he liked it. But I, I, it didn't bother me. I was glad to see him. And he gets up on Sunday morning and opens his Bible and said, Can I tell you, congregation, ask you a question? Would you rather hear me preach the Bible or climb up on a pew and run around the building? One old fellow said, I didn't say it, but he said, I thought a little of both would be all right. <laughs> he was there that night, Miss Pat. Yeah. I mean, he got plumbed beside himself, raised his hands. Listen, that don't bother me. You know, I don't understand why people want to talk about people that God's using. Do you? I love it. Man, I love it. We all, who what preacher Todd said does not. We all going to the same place on the same race, working for the same team. I got to bow the world. I don't want to fight you. But some of them ain't happy if they ain't arguing. I mean, you preachers say amen right here. You can stand on your head and gargle peanut butter and some folk here in church ain't going to like it. Well, you should have got Jeff instead of that other kind. And they're always finding something. This fellow said, hey boys, there ain't nothing you've done, there ain't nothing you've got that's helped me one thing. I older. So here's what I look at it. If this man's able to cure me, I believe he's got the power to cure me, and he did. He's got the power to take me, get up my bed and walk, and bless God, here I am witnessing for Jesus. What well, we need some witnesses. I was minded this today. I, I read this story. Sometimes somebody said, what's that other little book you've got there? i got questions about that. I do sometimes. Well, this is my Bible, okay? And this is my notes. One of them said, well, why do you need them notes for? I said, because I can't remember all I know. <laughs> Brother Sanders, you ought to take a wrap around this. Building brother children right now. Why, why, bless God, I can't remember it. And when God tells me something good, I don't want to forget it. I write her down. Amen, preacher. I was reading about that, and I, I couldn't get all of it together, so I got old Polycarp. You, you, anybody know who he is? Bible students will. He was 86 years old, and they arrested him. Convicted him. He said, the only way you can not die is renounce Christ. He said, for 86 years, I've served Christ. And he's done me nothing but good. How now could I renounce the one who has saved me? They said, we're going to burn you at the stake with fire. Now, according to tradition and history, I weren't there. I'm just going by what I read. According to tradition and history, when they lit the fire, the fire would not consume his body. So they 
stuck him with a sword and killed him a spear and then burnt his body. God help us to get some witness. What are you saying? Buddy, he was witnessing uh, even when he got right down to the test. Uh, you say, preacher, what's that got to do with us? Uh, we're getting close to that time. Uh, we're right on the doorstep uh, of the things going bad in America. I'm telling you, you listen to this preacher. Uh, it ain't going to come. It's here right now. It's just waiting to raise its head. So you better be getting in, lost friend. And you not only better get in, you better just dig deep and kick to the fireflies and stays in. Because when God takes His people out of this world, you ain't seen nothing yet. What's going to happen? You ain't got a chance of making it. You ain't got a chance of surviving. You'll be lost and be destroyed and cast into hell. But if you live for God and you work for God and you die with God, we'll live forever. He waited. He walked. He witnessed. The Lord went looking for him. Verse 14, guess where he found him? Look at it. And afterward, he findeth him in the temple. (laughs) And he said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. See, we're, we're, we're living in a day in America that is vastly turned from God. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with having a sports team. There's nothing wrong with playing a game. Nothing wrong with these things. But see, we don't serve Baal no more. I'm not, I'm not being mean. I, I'm just telling you. If we don't raise our children up in the house of God and teach them what's important. Well, and look up here at me. You're not their friend. You're their parent. My dad, oh, he's my hero. But then I'm going to tell you something. My hero, they've been a few times, he pretty not beat me on into heaven. And I was a good child. But I tell you, the worst punishment I ever got from him, I was about 10 years old. Sunday morning, early, I got up for anybody else in the house. I walked in and sat down in my daddy's chair. And on the table by his chair was a Zippo lighter and a pack of Camel cigarettes. Non-filtered. Bareback, he'd say. They say, oh, well, he wasn't saved. Oh, no, go ahead and eat your three chickens and then talk about somebody does something. Like yeah, I mean, oh, you know. 
We gag it in that and swallow our camel. Now he quit. He he got delivered. My holiness thing. My holiness friend would say he got sanctified. What do you say about that, preacher? I say you mash them, fry them, bake them, cook them, scalp them, do anything you want. They're taters. When God speaks to you and tells you to quit something, quit it. It was common in our culture. They raised it. They sold it. They smoked it. They chewed it. One of them this is kind of funny. They asked our preacher. They said, uh, you think it's a sin to smoke? He said, definitely. To sin to burn something up, it tastes so good. <laughs> it's all right. You can go ahead and laugh. It's funny. I'll tell you what. He could preach conviction on you. You wish you had something to smoke. Amen. Talk about me if you want to. But I, I decided, Brother Mike, I was going to be like my dad. So I got me one of them stogies. Got his lighter. Went out just over the bank where he couldn't see me, Preacher Chuck. Lit that thing up. By the third, the world was going round and around, over and over. (laughs) I looked up, and I saw my dad had the curtain pulled back, looking out the window. He just went. See, what I didn't realize, I knew he couldn't see me. But he knew that smoke was coming from somewhere. Oh, dear Jesus, this is good. I never believed you could use a cigarette store in the church. But some of you right now today, you're dibble-dabbling with things that Come you on, know preacher. that's wrong and you think nobody sees you, but the smoke's there. And the Father sees it all. But here's the thing about the Father. It's not too late for a miracle. He's not mad at you. He loves you. He cares for you. He wants to help you. He went to worship. Here we are in America today. Here's the scenario. Now, I'm going to quote this from a preacher that said this nearly 50 years ago. I wonder if he was here today, what he'd say. 50 years ago, he said, well, here in America, Sunday morning's about like a big blowout. Sunday night's a little turnout. And by Wednesday night, it's practically a fallout. But not this cat. He went to worship. He witnessed. He couldn't get enough church. He wanted to be there. You know what? Because he received what he wanted more than anything in his life. Was to be able to get up and walk. And buddy, he never forgot what he'd done for him. 
Helen Keller said this when she was asked about being blind. She said, it's far worse to have two good eyes and still not be able to see. He waited. He walked. He witnessed. He worshipped. Lastly, all but not least, he won. He won. 38 years laying at the pool. Probably felt like a loser. Probably felt like, Brother James, that, boy, my chance, my life's just gone by. Uh, Here I am. But Christ came by. And knew he was there. And he healed him. And it made him a winner. I read this story. There was a fellow, 1897. Mel Trotter is his name. He was a slave to the bottle. would take his own baby's shoes and sell them for just a drink. His baby died. He swore an oath to his wife that he'd never touch another drop. He failed that oath before the funeral of that baby. Had him. Controlled him engulfed him. Got the feeling so bad he decided he'd go to Lake Michigan and end it all. A loser. No friends. Nobody cared. But he staggered by a garden mission. Stumbled into that little mission and a fellow helped him in and propped him up in a chair. And he heard a sermon that night. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Mel Trotter received Christ that night into his heart. January 19th, 1897. First thing he done, become superintendent of a mission on Skid Row. And before he died, he had started 68 missions. Just because... A loser in a drunken stupor staggered in to a little mission and God saved him. And he changed him. Somebody said, did he quit drinking? Nope. He just drank from a different fountain. 
you won from a loser to a winner. Let me close with this story. In the Vietnam War, some people say conflict, but my dad, when people said when people are shooting at you, it's war. They can call it what they want. There were, by mistake, a orphanage was bombed. And many casualties, many hurt, some miraculously unhurt. There was an American doctor and an American nurse was the first two to get there to the to the tragedy. And there was some of those little children that had been hurt, but they, they were helping them. And there was this one little particular girl. They, they were able to get the bleeding stopped, but she had lost so much blood. Unless she got a little blood, when you lose so much blood, your, your vital organs will begin to shut down. And they didn't know their, their language. And there were a few kids there, just a handful of kids there, that miraculously weren't hurt. And they tried to explain to the little children that she needed blood or she, she would die because she had lost blood. And, find, and asked for volunteers if anyone would. And nobody volunteered. Well, they asked again. And, and somehow through... Showing different things, one little boy raised his hand. So they brought him in and they took the IV and put it in and started getting his blood. And they said the little boy began to cry. And they asked him, tried to find, are you hurting? Is something wrong? He, he just cried. And a minute or two passed and he cried harder. And they, they knowing that he really isn't hurting once the prick of the needle goes in, the pain's nearly gone. And about that time, a, a Vietnamese nurse showed up who could speak both English and Vietnamese. And he began to cry even louder. And they asked her to ask him what was wrong. And when she asked him and replied to the American doctor, and nurse, she told him this. She said he's crying because he thinks, because he's giving his blood to her, that he's going to die. And the nurse said, well, if he thinks that, would you ask him why did he volunteer to give his blood to this little girl? And the nurse asked him, and the reply was this. He said, she's my friend. I love her. And I didn't want to see her die. Oh, what a love story. But I've got one better than that. Some 2,000 years ago, there's a little baby born in Bethlehem. Lived a perfect life. Walked to the perfect life. 
went to a cross and there they drew his blood. They laid his body in the ground and in three days the results came back who his father was. Bless God, can I tell you tonight, no greater love hath any man than this that he'd lay down his life for his friend. I could give my life for yours but it wouldn't help. But thank God Jesus did. Don't look at the crowd. Don't look at the congregation. You need to look at the Christ. And He can deliver you from your sins. Don't mistake this, and I'm done. Whatever they want to do for invitation. God loves the sinner. He despises the sin. And here's what He told the man. He said, Son... Thou hast been made whole. He didn't stop there though. Sin no more. Less a worse thing comes upon you. That old fellow there, I don't know how you would have felt. It must have felt good to be able to pick up his bed and walk. Can I tell you, I remember being that man in a sense. That's a story of long ago, but it's true today in the lives of many people. I was that lame man. I, I was the fellow that was laid there. And I grew up in church. I mean, I cut my teeth on the church pews. I knew the lingo. I knew the services. And one day God, through the gospel, spoke to my heart. And I went to Him. And I asked Him to save me. And you know what? He did. It's been 41 years. 41 great years. I'm hoping 41 more. If I can do what I'm doing now. But if I go tonight. You have to preach both nights, preacher. You need to have my Bible and my notes if you want to use them. I won't be needing them. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Is there anybody in this sanctuary tonight lost without God that you don't want to die in that condition? Can I remind you, it's never too late for a miracle. You don't want to die in that lost condition. Would you just quietly slip up your hand, take it right back down. You don't have to say a word, but by that, God bless you, God bless you and you. Just slip it up and say, pray for me. I don't want to die lost. God bless you, ma'am. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Someone else? Young man, young lady, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. God bless you, buddy. I seen that. God saw that. He's looking at you. He wants to save you. Another? God bless you. Maybe there's somebody here tonight. You've been saved. But in your heart, you know you're not 
walking with God. And instead of obedience, you're in disobedience. Far away, but you don't want to stay there. Would you slip up your hand? God bless you and say, pray for me. Is there another? God bless you. God bless you. Another? Another? Just before they sing tonight, those of you, everyone's still praying. Nobody's looking on but myself. Those of you that slipped up your hands that you're not saved or you're away from God, could I humbly and respectfully ask, would you look up here at me just a second? Only those I want to share my heart with. You're aware God loves you. You're aware that Jesus died for you. Now right here is an important question. Has, has the Holy Spirit, through the message, spoke to your heart and invited you to come and be saved? Thank you. Thank you. Because you see, that's the only time you can get saved is when He draws you. Now if He's drawn you and He's touched your heart, guess what He'll do? He'll save you. Now he, He's not weak. It's not, a, it's not a, even a question of will he. He can, but he won't against your will. But if you will come and ask, he'll do it. So I'm going I'm to ask right now, I'm going to give you this opportunity. Before anybody's even looking, church, pray hard. Before anybody's even looking, would you consider getting out of your seat and coming up here and saying, Preacher, I don't want to go to hell. Would you pray? Have someone pray for me. Come on. Don't wait, ma'am. Come on. There you go, sir. Come on. Thank you. Come on. Right now, young man, come on. God spoke to your heart. Bow right there. Preacher, one of the, got a fellow here wanting to be saved. Come on, right now, would you? Come on, son. Right there you go. Bow right here. Somebody will help you. Ma'am, would you come, please? Look up here at me, ma'am. God loves you. You say, preacher, you're getting personal. I don't want to see you go to hell. Would you step out and come? Come on, please. 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 Young lady, young man. God's dealing with your heart, mama, grandma, right now. Would you come? Some have come. We're going to stand. We're going to stand. They're going to sing. Please, don't say no tonight. Please, come. Please get out of your seat. If you're not able to bow, we'll get a chair. You can just sit. Come on. Come on, right now. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Bless you, buddy. Why don't you come? Please, please, would you please? Come on. I, I believe you already believe. You just need to make it public. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, you. Thank God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. She raised her hand. Now she stepped out and she's come. Bow right there and ask the Lord. Pray with the preacher, Mike. Thank you, God. Would you come? How about it? Listen. I'm not in one least interested in your past. I'm not one interested in what you've done. 
It's your future. It's your future that concerns you. Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Come on. Before we close, 